Hello and welcome to Pending Moderation. Welcome back if you're joining us again. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I mean, it's good to have you here. We've got so many viewers from Mexico. Man, we love you guys. You guys are like half of our downloads. It's insane. <laughs> so if you're in Mexico right now and you're hearing this, we love you. Thank you very much. Today's topic is football. South Africa and Mexico have a slight history of football. When we hosted the World Cup, you guys robbed us of a victory. Not cool, bro. Not cool. So that's what our topic is today. Not necessarily that little grudge, but football. What we enjoy about it, what, we, what brought us into it, why we love it, things like that. So Philly, tell me, how did you get into football? Well, I've, I've kinda, it's kind of a thing I just fell into. You know, like, like drinking beer. For both of them, there's one person to blame for it. His name is Lawrence. And one day after a hard day's work, I was feeling like shit. I was tired as hell. And he went, yo, dude, maybe you should have a beer. I've never drunk a beer properly before. And he gave me a beer, and I loved it. And I love beer. It's, it's amazing. I prepared some beer for this podcast because football goes hand in hand with beer. So Lawrence also loved football so he is a proud arsenal supporter and he loves the gunners and one day we were drinking beer together and he said yo dude we should watch some football i think you'd like it he played me like a fiddle and i've loved football ever since and it's kind of something that i've always seen as something that is universally loved something that can help you make friends with no problems and my favorite arsenal moments were times where I was with my friends, enjoying a game, having a beer, and, you know, you start realizing that there's a couple of unwritten rules as well when it comes to football, and I love it, you know, like if your friend, if you're playing, your team is playing a game, uh, you don't have to go out and buy beer, and the best thing about it all is, you can stop a conversation halfway through it, and forget all about that conversation, because you're watching football, it's amazing. It's just amazing. And you can hate the ref and say horrible things about him. But ever since that day, football has permeated my entire life. I love watching football. Um, I love being in a stadium. I love cheering for a team. And I'm currently, and probably always will be, a Gunner supporter. I'm a, a Arsenal supporter. Mark, how did you get into football? I'm so glad you asked, Paul. So, <clears throat> I uh, used to play soccer during break, but not really. Like, I was terrible. Um, in primary school, yo, I sucked. I didn't understand the rules. I didn't really care for it much, but it was something to do during break, and basically our whole grade would basically play. So, you know, that's what I would do. Um, so when I finally got to high school and, you know, growing up in, in a rugby town, basically, the surprise to have soccer as an actual, or football as an actual playable sport was amazing. So I started playing football as soon as I could. I enjoyed it a lot. I preferred it to the hockey and rugby and all the other alternatives. And um, yeah, you sort of already jumped into how, who you started supporting um, and you mentioned beer as well. So I started drinking beer also pretty early in high school <laughs> so football and beer are, are 
are things that are basically that have basically been around with me since I hit puberty almost. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, in high school, yeah, we would play uh, for the high school team, but all of us sucked. Like there were one or two of us that were, were alright with my friends, but most of us I didn't understand what we were doing until we were about grade ten or so. Then then some of us got pretty good. I was probably below average. I could play, but I wasn't like anything great. But I loved it. I loved the sports. I loved playing right back. I loved running up and down and passing the ball infield and occasionally assisting a, a cool move that ends up in a goal. And I liked like going into other players, especially because I was like a pretty small guy and like most people would be bigger than me. And it was just, it's just quite a fun feeling to slide into someone like, you know, who's <laughs> about half a meter taller than you and, and they go tumbling. And tall people fall funny, man. Like, sorry, just like as a short guy, it, it's true. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> they they kind of take longer to fall as well. You, you watch it in slow motion. You're like, whoa, why are you falling so slow, dude? Uh, <laughs> I trip and I'm at the ground. <laughs> so basically, you were an Arsenal supporter from, from, the, from the beginning, right? Well, I, yeah, I've always been an Arsenal supporter. Like whenever I played FIFA... Um, I would always choose Arsenal. I like I like the canon. And I I heard the odd names back in the day before I I wasn't as into football as I am now. Um and like names like Henri, I was like, ah, oh, the French guy, he's pretty good, I guess. And then I also heard of Bergkamp. I was like, who who the hell is this Bergkamp dude? <laughs> he doesn't sound like a good footballer. And, of course, I found out that uh, he's one of the greatest footballers of all time. But I've always liked him, and I have to blame Lawrence again. I'm blaming him very loosely for getting me to watch um, Arsenal games with him, for starting to love the team and love the people who play in it, and, you know, just getting getting that kiss of, of watching football with, with the, your friends and, you know, having a beer while you're doing it. Yeah, so... That's my team. I have yeah, a couple yeah, of good stories about them. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into the story soon. So your origin is basically like, but, but basically from when you started watching football, it was mostly that of Arsenal bias there. So I was, yeah. I was a bit different. So because I was playing football, um, I didn't really see the need to pick a team. I just liked watching any football from PSL, yeah, Europa, Champions League, English Premier League, some Bundesliga every now and then, a La Liga match or two every now and then. So like I would just basically watch just football for football's sake. I just enjoyed the sport a lot and I like playing FIFA as well. So I like playing, you know, anything football related I was really into. But one day I was watching a Liverpool versus Chelsea match and I was sort of I always considered myself like a neutral, right? But I was being harassed to like pick a team by a Chelsea supporter. And because Chelsea was playing Liverpool, I just like instinctively picked Liverpool. Hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, that was probably the 2007 uh, Champions League semi-final match because I loved Daniel Agger at that point. And I think Daniel Agger scored in that game, uh, if I remember correctly. But this is also several years ago. So I can't, uh, my memory is very hazy when it comes to these things. I mean, we'll get into the the nitty-gritty of, of, of those certain games uh, in a while. But yeah, needless to say, we won the game that day and that solidified my support for Liverpool. I liked Aga, I liked Gerard, I liked Carragher, 
and you know they all play on the same team, so easy team to support. So that's how I got into to Liverpool right in the way, right in the beginning. Um, are there any sort of memorable games that stand out for you in the sort of early days of of your support? Like I was mentioning now, the Champions League semi final with Chelsea. I'll go into that just now. But anything that you've got that that stands out? Well, I can't I can't tell you the um, exact day when it happened, but it was one day that I went to Lawrence's place um, to watch Arsenal play a game, and at that point I wasn't as solid in my love for Arsenal. I was like, cool, I'm I'm a starting fan, you know, you you're a little newbie. You're like, I don't exactly know how offside works, you know, I don't I don't know what handball is and what what the rules around handball is at that point. And I walked into his flat and my friend Daniel was there. Daniel is a Chelsea supporter. And Lawrence looked me in the eye and he went, dude, you're not wearing the right clothes. And I went, what do you mean I'm not wearing the right clothes? And he gave me a kit to wear. And it was one of the, the kits that the, the Arsenal wore during their um, unbeaten run. And I put it on. It, it just it felt right to me. And Daniel and I faced off. He in his Chelsea kit, me in my Arsenal kit. And we would make a, a habit of going to every single game that Arsenal and Chelsea was playing. And... Even though Daniel supported Chelsea, he's still a good friend of mine because he's a guy who, he loves football. I love football. And I remember watching that game and I think it was round about the time where Robin Von Persie was still playing for Arsenal. And I was a huge Robin Von Persie fan until, until he moved to Manchester United. And I hated him for every single thing that he stood for. But I was a Robin Von Persie fan and I remember seeing him in a game during the World Cup as well. And he played there and I was so happy. I think he scored a goal against Cameroon. Yeah, he scored a goal against Cameroon or I might be mistaken. But Robin Van Persie was my man at that point. Later on, I chose a new guy who's been my favorite footballer of all time. And I'll speak about him a little bit later in the, in the podcast. All right, cool. Since we are recording this uh, with me as a Liverpool supporter having a very fresh wound, today is, the, is March 16th, uh, one day after Liverpool has been knocked out of the Champions League this season. So oh. we played against Real Madrid, whom we have quite a history with in the last few times we've encountered them. We haven't had a very good uh, record against them. They've taken two finals from us and now they've knocked us out of the most recent Champions League uh, in the knockout stages. The first leg score, Liverpool scored two awesome goals right in the beginning of the game, but then leaked five, setting us up for a second leg with a three-goal deficit. So we had quite a task to try and overcome last night and unfortunately in the 78th minute, uh, Real Madrid's Benzema scored and that was basically the, the final nail in the coffin ending our Champions League run this season for a 6-2 aggregate but um, with that fight out of the way it did suck it's it is what it is but Liverpool hasn't had their best season we we neglected to enforce reinforce midfields and 
we neglected to do a bunch of things that needed to be done this season, and it is what it is. Um, but I wanted to talk about some of like the the Champions League highlights, like moments that stood out for me that I saw that I that 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 I will never forget or that were just super impactful. And I assume you've got a couple of awesome Champions League memories. I can think of one specific one with Arsenal in the Champions League against Barcelona. Um, but I'm going to give you a nice segue for that, for that story in a second. So the, the memory that I have um, of that Champions League game, I think was the 2007 Chelsea-Liverpool Champions League final. But what was so special about that game, that game had a lot of history because in 2005, Liverpool won the Champions League. And the way that they got to the Champions League was um, they played Chelsea also in the Champions League semi-final. Uh, Liverpool held Chelsea to, I think, a 0-0 draw at Stamford Bridge um, at, at Chelsea's home ground. And... Liverpool ended up scoring a go- or, or proceeding past the the second leg in a 1-0 uh, victory in a very, very controversial goal, which to this day uh, probably wouldn't have stood if there was any sort of goal line technology or anything like that in place. But at the time, because there was no direct camera angle or replay of it, no one could see that Luis whether Luis Garcia's goals crossed the line or not, um, and that is the infamous ghost goal by Luis Garcia. Uh, so Liverpool won that game one 0 because of a goal that that no one knows if it actually crossed the line or not. Well, I mean, a lot of people say it didn't, but I'm a Liverpool fan, so I'm not going to give anyone that that sort of satisfaction. <laughs> um, <laughs> So after that super controversial game, um, Liverpool manages to, well, oh yeah, also like how the goal happened was also pretty crazy because Gerard manages to get the ball just outside of the the box for the for the goal, and he flicks it on to I think it's uh, a striker we had at the time. Uh, I'm gonna butcher the the pronunciation of these names, but Baros I think it was. And he got uh, fouled by Peter Cech, and the ball fell at Luis Garcia's feet where he took the shot, which was then cleared by Cavalier. So had the uh, shot not gone in, it would have been a penalty to, to Liverpool and potential red card for Peter Cech. <clears throat> so, I mean, anything could have happened there, but still... The the goal was awarded and it was like big protest or whatever and you know it is what it is. Um <laughs> but yeah, we went on to, to win the, the, the Champions League in one of the craziest games I've ever I've ever seen. Uh we're playing against AC Milan and AC Milan comes like legit flying out of the gates. They just smash three goals past Liverpool. Liverpool goes into the the, the uh, second half, you know, a little bit rattled, didn't really have much control of the game, had just 3-0 down. And in around about the, I think it's like 56th minute or so, or 54th minute or so, um, 
Gerard picks up a like a header in the box, and I think he he scores a goal. And then four minutes later, um, another player that uh, I I'm I can't remember so well, but uh, Vladimir Smyser he ends up scoring uh, another the second goal. And then less than two, so so that's four minutes after Gerard's goal, he scores. And then two minutes later, uh, Xavier Alonso gets a penalty awarded to him, or, or, or Gerard is fouled, sorry, and gets a penalty awarded, and Xavier Alonso takes the the penalty. And then as he shoots, uh, the keeper I think saves and parries it, and the rebound falls for Xavier Alonso, and he scores the rebound, and we end up being three three. So then the game goes to extra time, and we hold Milan you know, 3-3 at extra time, and we go into penalties. And then in the shootout, we win the shootout 3-2 with uh, our goalkeeper, Dudek, saving two goals, and Milan actually missing, like completely shanking one of the shots. So it was an epic, epic final. And uh, yeah, 2005, Liverpool won the, the Champions League there. And then what was crazy is two seasons later, you know, skipping now the Arsenal and Barcelona final, which we can get into in a second. Um, Liverpool and Chelsea meet again in the semi-finals. Uh, Chelsea has the advantage this time because in the first leg, Didier Drogba manages to get past uh, Daniel Agger, one of my favorite all-time Liverpool players, and ends up scoring, uh, winning the game 1-0. Uh, so then in the return leg, Liverpool... Um, you know, they have to score at least a goal uh, or, or more to sort of advance. So uh, the, the one little aggregate is against them. And Liverpool manages to score in the 22nd minute from Daniel Agger. Uh, he, picks up a, he picks up like a ball 17 or 18 yards outside of the box and sort of just square foots it in. And... We hold that vic- that 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 that's uh, one nil and end up going to penalties <clears throat> again, and we win the penalties four one because Pepe Reina just magically stopped everything basically that that uh, Chelsea threw at us. But then, the w- so this is the game that I watched with my friend, and this is basically the game where I became solidified as a Liverpool supporter. Um, I'll I'll probably never forget that game. It was. It was crazy. And I still love Daniel Agger to this day. He is such an amazing person. He served Liverpool until basically he, he wasn't at the level that, that he could play there anymore. And then he went back to sort of his youth team in Bronby uh, or Bronby, something like that is the, the club's name. And he's such a great dude as well because there was like a the Homeless World Cup and Daniel Agger paid for Denmark to send uh, a team because they were, they were short on a certain amount of money. I can't remember exactly how much it was, but it just shows you such a great dude. Uh, unfortunately, in 2007, though, Liverpool didn't uh, win the Champions League. They went to go face AC Milan again, and AC Milan ended up beating Liverpool 2-1 in the final. So they got their revenge in the end uh, from the 2005 final. So this is a pretty good segue for you to talk about Barcelona and Arsenal in the 2006 final and Arsenal's road to to the championship, Champions League. If you if you have anything to add about that, oh well, you see, the the biggest issue I have is the 2006 game 
happened at a time before I was an Arsenal supporter. But I've I've heard about this game, and I heard that it was the last time Arsenal came so close to winning the Champions League. Up until this point, uh, if you are listening to this podcast, in 2023, Arsenal has not yet won a Champions League. But in this fi- in this final, uh, they went up against Barcelona, and Barcelona, as you know, big club, and. Yeah, this is peak Barcelona. Peak Barcelona. They they are like the best of best. They got Etio. Um, who else do they have? Etio and uh, Ronaldinho. They had Ronaldinho back then as well. Jeez, what a great player. But Arsenal had like Henri and they had uh, Fabregas at that point as well. And we um, Arsenal's goalkeeper was sent off at 18 minutes. So immediately Arsenal's on the back foot. 18 minutes. They have to substitute one of their dudes for the goalkeeper. And this wasn't just any goalkeeper. This was Jens Lehmann, one of the Invincibles. Great goalkeeper. So he was sent off and Arsenal fought the entire game. In the first half, the game was um, 1-0 at halftime. And Barcelona came through after 70 minutes and scored the second and the third goal and took home this Champions League uh, trophy. and. Arsenal has not had a good run ever since then. Um, with under Arsene Wenger, so most of my Arsenal supporting times have been under Arsene Wenger because he was the manager for like what twenty two years, twenty eight years, like a long time. I, I don't, I don't know how long, yeah, but it's like in the twenties, yeah. Yeah, so he was the manager, and essentially every single year he would qualify for the Champions League. And I looked up a stat. <laughs> And apparently he's qualified for the Champions League 20 times in a row, 22 times in a row. And that is a feat that is amazing. Every season you get top four, every season you make it into the Champions League. Uh, Arsenal also had FA Cup dominance for for a good while. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. (laughs) We still do. But we got into the Champions League. We started playing in the Champions League. And I remember watching this one game um, where we took on Bayern. And my boy, Lukas Podolski, was played. Now, Lukas Podolski is my favorite footballer of all time. He is just all-around nice guy. And instead of having a left foot, he has a cannon. So he he puts a ball into his cannon, launches that ball off, and he essentially would score a goal from anywhere that he, he could. Um, he would just launch the ball in, and if a goalkeeper tried to stop him, that goalkeeper would probably lose an arm or lose a leg or lose half of his body. That was the power of his kicks. And he played as a striker for Arsenal, wearing the number nine shirt. And when we went to Bayern, I remember one day I watched Arsenal play Bayern in the Champions League, and um, Arsenal was down by one go- down by one goal, and. Lucas Budorsi comes on and he just like slams a goal in and it hits the post, but it goes right in off that thing. The post just vibrates. You can, you can see the post physically moving as the goal went in. And yeah, then uh, Bayern beat us in the next round and they went on to beat Arsenal in every single game that um, Arsenal would play with them. And it hasn't been fun because we get into the Champions League we get to the round of 16 and we're like, yes, we got through the group stages. Life is good. It's going to be smooth sailing from here on. We're not going to get a big team. Then it's Bayern. 
or yep. it's Barcelona. <laughs> Bayern and Barcelona. There was one time where every year it was either Bayern or Barcelona that Arsenal faced in like the round of 16. Mm-hmm. And, and it, that was how it was. And at that point, Arsenal was not as great as they were during that finale or during that uh, 2006 heyday. Um, because they were coming off of being invincibles. They, they had a fantastic squad. And everything they did, you know, was furthering the goal of getting this Champions League trophy. And then we went eight years without getting a trophy. But each one of those years, we were in the Champions League battling. Because the Champions League isn't just, just a trophy. Yeah. You know, you are rated as the best in the world. And that's what Arsenal want. Jeez, I I want that more than anything else. I want Arsenal to win a Champions League. And what's special about teams like Liverpool and Arsenal is these teams aren't the richest clubs. These teams don't consistently win everything. They're, They're teams that are built on massive, massive history and huge fan bases and loyalty that spans the history of the premier league these are our teams that are that they they might not you might not win everything but they're going to reward you with these emotional roller coasters like the games that like i've just mentioned and what what like in that time in that 2005 2007 era liverpool would play chelsea often and almost always lose i mean if you look at if you look at the 2004 to like 2007 uh head-to-head liverpool and chelsea history it's only in the Champions League that we have got those wins, and they're both 1-0 wins. But those two 1-0 wins were the ones, the 1-0 wins that counted, because one of those got Liverpool a Champions League trophy, even though I think the same year they finished something like 6th or 7th in the, in the Premier League. So yeah, it happens. Um, currently, Liverpool's also going through a bit of a transitional phase, but last season, Liverpool played every single match possible 60 games in a full season i think it was and they were in every cup final won two cups but unfortunately missed out on the champions league to real madrid who beat us 1-0 and missed out to man city in the premier league by one point the same man city i will just add that is currently being investigated for financial fair play again and uh not just one point Liverpool had 99 points at the end of the Premier League and Man City had 100. 100 points in a Premier League season. 99 is already amazing. You, you, can't, you can't ask for your team to do anything more than that. Teams have won the Premier League with 70 points. Exactly. <laughs> and like Liverpool, they, they were on their grind. They're like, we're going to get this. We're going to get this. And Man City just comes in and just ruins all their days. Ah, so, I don't like that. So we've already kind of hinted at it, but uh, why do you love English Premier League football and European competitions more than, say, for example, other leagues? Or what is it that draws you to this league specifically? It's the level of competition. Uh, with the English Premier League, there's a much higher level of competition than is with any other league that I've watched. You have um, the Bundesliga, which is the German one, right? Yeah, that's correct. Which is it's dominated by Bayern Munich. Or it has been dominated by Bayern Munich when I last checked them. And essentially, 
each season you're like, okay, Bayern Munich is gonna win this season. And it's the same with the with the Spanish league. With the Spanish league, they have three different teams that are always gunning for the top spot. You have your Barcelona, you have Atletico Madrid, and you have Real Madrid. Three great teams, but it's always one of the three. Yeah. And in other other uh, competitions, you have teams that are just they're just not there. And they're not at the same level as these teams. So with the English Premier League, it's it's a make or break. You can't predict it. Yeah. Sometimes you think, okay, this season is going to be a Man City season, or this season is going to be a um, Arsenal season or a Liverpool season. But then you have what happened last season, where uh, Liverpool gets ninety nine points and still doesn't win the Premier League. And if I go back even further. You have Leicester City coming in, being uh, promoted to the Premier League and using that season to win the Premier League. And this is a team that was playing in the, in the lower leagues. They came there, they came to play, and they managed to do what very few other um, teams have done in the Premier League. It's something that you can't, you can't predict. And also, Every weekend, man. You can watch football every weekend, essentially, with the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, so I completely agree with you, dude. Like, for me, the, the, um, it's like the history. It's the, the, these clubs that have existed. Like, when Leeds got promoted again, for example, the history between Liverpool and Leeds is, it, it dates back, like, 50, 60, 70 years. It's, it's, it's so, or maybe even more, probably 90 to 100 years. It's, it's so crazy how, like, old some of these clubs are. And I, I really love the history. And then exactly what you also said is the, the idea of how close the competition in the Premier League actually is. I mean, this season shows perfectly how competitive it is. Um, this season, Liverpool, you know, or last season, sorry, Liverpool arguably played the best season in our club's history. Like, I don't think... Um, I don't think there's, I mean, maybe sometime in, you know, the, the early years of Liverpool sort of dominance or whatever, there was comparable times, but overall the season we had last season, I don't think we've had a season that is like, that we played that well. And we still didn't manage to win everything. We still didn't, like you say, you know, came short to Man City, came short to Real Madrid. And that's, that's absolutely insane to me. And um now this season Liverpool's had this massive drop off and it's the exact same team that was there that last season plus say two players it's 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 really it's really hectic um and I've already touched on obviously what's the recent what's recently happened with Liverpool in the Champions League so we don't really need to go back into that again I guess <laughs> um it is it is what it is. I mean, in in the game last night, you know, it all fell to, to Real Madrid. So, like, most of the game stats went to Madrid. They outplayed us. They scored a goal. We didn't. It's how it is. Um, I think the whole season, sort of the game uh, in the Champions League sort of summarizes Liverpool season. We didn't reinforce our midfield properly. We haven't got the, the strength in midfield to press like we used to and close down players and close down the gaps. And it's, it's showing the better teams can just play straight through us. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it's unfortunate. And, I mean, Liverpool's been floating around the, you know, mid, like top half of the middle of the table, which is not ideal. We, we'd still like to try and get top four, and it is still within our reach. But, I mean, the competition is so obvious to see. I mean, play, teams like 
uh, Brighton and Newcastle and West Ham and even Brentford and Fulham are, are all up there right now taking advantage of the little slip from the other clubs like how Manchester United, Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool, all of us, are, all these clubs have slipped a little bit. Um, even Man City isn't playing their best season. Um, and Arsenal's managed to also just hold momentum and get right to the top there. So it just shows the competition, the, the level that, that the, the Premier League is at compared to other leagues, I think. Um, and that's what, what really attracts it to me. Um, there's obviously, you know, a bit of competition, you know, there's obviously still like competition, like Bundesliga, if you want to watch like some awesome goals, Bundesliga has some of the most amazing, like long range shots that I've ever seen, like these rockets that fly out of like the final third into the top corner, into the bottom corner through like defenders diving at them and stuff. It, like you get those really awesome action shots and you get games that finish like like routinely finish with like five to six goals being scored. That's awesome. But the Premier League, even if it's a 1-0 game, it's like such a hard-fought 1-0 game that it holds you most of the game. So um, it doesn't really matter, you know, um, which league you're watching in. If, if you really want to see, I suppose, the best of all the leagues, then it's obviously the Champions League because in the Champions League football, you've got the, the top teams in every individual league from Germany and Spain and France and England and all over, and they all compete for basically the highest prize in club football, which is the Champions League trophy. So all the the champions league games though they you know they're, they're always super hyped up especially if you're a liverpool fan then you know like they even talk about european nights you know the the european uh under the european uh stage and and lights the the late night games the the atmosphere the traveling fans the it's just it's just a whole different vibe and it does something to bring to bring out uh, the the because the competition is such a high level. It brings out like a higher level out of the players usually, and these players are already the best players in the world. So for them, it's just like such a cool stage to watch like some of the best football players play against the other best football players in the biggest sort of uh, con intercontinental sort of or. or uh, intercontinental but like sort of interclub sort of tournament that there is um so yeah you know that's probably why both of us ended up referencing mostly champions league games more so than premier league games you know yeah uh, there are there are other competitions as well that that also brings a a stir to my heart like with arsenal of course you have to think about uh, the fa cup arsenal has won the most fa cups in the world no one else has made as as won as many fa cups as arsenal manchester united came close and then arsenal won again so manchester united is second in line one point or one win behind uh the arsenal with the fa cup but when it comes to the fa cup like when it comes to any game that you watch any comp major competition it's all about the setting where you watch this game i remember watching a, a fa cup final um, at one of our local bars, and my brother, he supports Chelsea, so he loves Chelsea, and he will die for Chelsea, and um, I love Arsenal, and the final was Arsenal versus Chelsea. I went, my brother went, um, and uh, one of my exes went with me, and Lawrence also went with me. We watched this Arsenal game, 
this Arsenal um Chelsea game and Arsenal comes out on top. That game I'm watching drinking beer. We had my sister or someone else buying us beers because we're watching the game. And even though Arsenal won that day, my I was I was terrible to my brother for a little bit. And then I was like, yo dude, let's celebrate this. And we went out in town and we got to places where people were wearing Arsenal shirts. I was wearing an Arsenal shirt. Lawrence was obviously wearing an Arsenal shirt. My younger brother was wearing a uh, Chelsea shirt. And the people that we met up with, that we met that night, were people who had also come from watching this game. And we, we played some pool and a bunch of Arsenal dudes came together. And I went, guys, we're the Arsenal team. We are gonna play pool against the Chelsea guys and all the Chelsea guys came together and they played some pool and it became an Arsenal versus Chelsea night and people people weren't like terrible to each other it's a game we all love the game and we all support our team it's for me the the standout thing for a player is when you go and watch a game and your team just loses horribly and you watch the game all the way to the end and you walk out of the pub and you're wearing your Arsenal shirt. And you're just bummed out and you're like, all right, I hope we do better next week or next season or next um, next time we get into the Champions League. And that type of perseverance is something that you see in a lot of, of football supporters, people who, who love their team, who die for their team. And you know that those are guys who are not going to flake. They'll come and watch your game. You'll go and watch their game. And it's just good having that kind of bond with people. And when you watch football, that bond just kind of comes naturally. Because you're drinking beer, and then if the game goes on and there's another game happening, then you drink more beer, and then next thing you know, you and this dude is drunk, and you're just, like, shouting at each other how much you love their teams, and they love your teams, and, ah, I just... I love watching football. <laughs> yeah, so FA Cup, that's the Arsenal trophy. And Arsenal has been doing damn good in the uh, Premier League this season. They have had a fantastic run of it. And when the season started, I just wanted one thing. I was like, because last year, Arsenal almost got to Champions League position. And when they got to the last couple of games where we needed to secure that win, um, everything fell apart. And I remember Lawrence telling me, yo, dude, this is Arteta. You've, you've seen Arteta play the game. You know how intense he can be. Trust in the process. And I went, okay, I'll trust in the process. And throughout the season, I've been very hesitant when it comes to, to, to dreaming big because all I want is top three, top four. Well, top three, then you don't have to qualify. But all I want is top four. I want Arsenal to get back into the Champions League. I want Arsenal to take their team and run with it. And I want us to win a Champions League or at least compete in it. And it's been looking like that's exactly what Arsenal is going to do this season. And I was very, very hesitant, as I said. But currently, Arsenal is at the top of the league. Um, they've, they've been beaten by Man City but they've beaten most of the other teams in uh, the Premier League. They only have three losses this season, which is amazing. And they're sitting on 66 points. If they, if they play their cards right and they win every single game going forth, 
then we end up on 99 points. And 99 points is enough to win the Champions League. It should be. Ah, man. And also the last couple of games that Arsenal has played was just amazing. Arsenal played Fulham uh, uh, and just demolished them. The week, two weeks before they played against, uh, one week before they played against Bournemouth. Bournemouth was winning at the halftime. 2-0. Arsenal's down 2-0. Arsenal scores a goal and uh, um, uh, right in the, uh, after the first half or second half kicks off, Thomas Partey rockets a goal in there. Ben White, a defender, comes in. He scores another goal at Arsenal's level. And I'm like, yo, one point. We just need one point. That's all we need. And then Reese Nelson comes up. Steps up to the plate. 98 minutes in. A game is only 90 minutes. There's injury time accounted for. Reese Nelson comes in, scores that goal. It was so late at night. And I was screaming my lungs out because that's, that's what football's all about. It's unpredictable. You think that everything's in the bag and then your team comes out and they just astonish you with a just them stepping to the plate. They're like, no, we're not losing today. We, we are the Premier League. <laughs> we're winning the Premier League. Ah, oh, love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to just say, uh, carrying on from there on the Champions League and, you know, you've already gotten into the opinions and expectations of the season. That was going to be my next sort of topic that I wanted to bring you into. Um, so this season in general has already been sort of very good with all the promoted teams battling for their spots and like Brentford surprising how good they've done. Arsenal, like you've just gone into detail, running basically away with their season. Um, it's kind of crazy. Arsenal's actually been pretty lucky as well to not have had any injuries hinder them. Like they had the the slight injury to, what's it, Gabriel Jesus and one or two of their, their players, but nothing really really uh hindered them or or limp made them like limp at any point it was like one or two rough results but arsenal for the most part has kept positive form going forward and they've sort of taken advantage of man city who's definitely been underperforming if you've looked compared to their previous seasons oh yeah and considering the the massive value of their squad i mean they've got so many expensive players that just sit on the bench week in and week out. I don't understand like how it's been done and you know whatever. We're not going to comment on the FFP stuff there. Uh, Liverpool, on the other hand, <laughs> have had uh, what can I say? What a tumultuous season! Like we've had so many ups and downs. Like just as we get players back from injury, more players go get injured. We started the season, we played well. We played against Manchester City in the, in the Community Shield. We beat them, uh, I think, 2-0. And then all the wheels came off, man. Like Liverpool just couldn't cope with the, the new sort of forward line without Sadio Mane. And Mo Salah has been struggling since the AFCON. So it just... Uh, we missed out on Shumeni, who went to Real Madrid. There's just a few things that happened, and... With what happened last night, I'm not 100% confident, but I think a top four, a top four finish is still possible for for Liverpool. And then lastly, I don't like talking about United usually, but they are are looking good at the end of the season now. Like they had a rough season as well, but they seem to have you know somehow managed to like repair the car while it's rolling or whatever the, the saying is. Despite losing to a very, very embarrassing uh, 7-0 loss with us, uh, to us, uh, to Liverpool, they've managed to still, you know, 
do a bunch of things. But their seven-all loss, I just want to uh, emphasize that a little bit because it's the it's the biggest loss Man, Man United has has had ever in the Premier League. Jeez. The last time they the last time they lost that much was 1931. It's their joint highest defeat. It's the joint biggest defeat in Manchester City, Manchester United's history. So that's pretty crazy. But I mean, it looks like United's pretty much already got their top four spot um, behind City and Arsenal. One of you two will probably win the the if, if you guys don't drop points, obviously. Yeah. But that that looks like how the Premier League's gonna. So it's only that that fourth spot that's up for grabs, and that fourth spot seems to be more around a, like a big fight between Tottenham, West Ham, Newcastle, Liverpool, Brighton, maybe even Chelsea, if Chelsea can somehow pull their shit together. You know why Manchester City or Manchester United has has managed to repair the car while it was going up the tracks? Benny McCarthy, oh, dude. It's just Benny McCarthy. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> South African, by the way. South African legend. Only South African uh, in our football history as South Africans to hold a Champions, uh, a Champions League medal. Wait, didn't Steven, Stevie P win one? No, I don't think CVP won one. Everton was never in the Champions League. Oh, they've never Final. been in the... Oh, 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 that's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sad for them now. I'm fairly certain. <laughs> they, they they, might not even be in the Premier League next season if they keep going the way they're going. <laughs> Jeez, man. But... So I don't want to uh, uh, create too much negative karma because as a Liverpool fan, I don't... I don't feel like this is the season for that. <laughs> so let's maybe try uh, unless there's anything else you want to add, like of your expectations for the season or opinions on what has happened so far. Well, I, I just, my expectation, I want to, uh, sure. I really want us to win the season. And I think it's the first time I've actually said that out loud. Um, uh, <laughs> because as I said, I was hesitant. I'm like, yo, I've had faith before. Um, but with what Arsenal has been doing, like with the players they have, you have Gabriel Jesus, amazing, right? His link-up play is just, it's, it's really good. His striking is really good. You have Gabriel Martinelli. I was just going to say, Martinelli is so young, but it's, so good. Yeah, talking about young, we also have Martin Odegaard who is the captain of Arsenal. He's a young player as well. He chose to come back to Arsenal because Real Madrid was like, no, we want to take him back. And he was like, oh, but I want to play for Arsenal. And Arteta just went, yo, you're the new captain. And we have Xhaka as well. Xhaka's had a resurgence in the game. Uh, he just, he knows how to play the game. He knows how to play with the squad. He's unofficially... The lead, the uh, captain of Arsenal, but he's he's experienced a lot of bad karma uh, when he has become captain. So there were times where he'd be next, the captain would go off of the the um, the uh, field, give them arms band to Jaka, and then Jaka would get a red card almost immediately. You know, we have other players as well. Zinchenko, holy shit. Okay, just just to uh, just to just to jump in for a second there, you can't be too harsh on Xhaka there because Liverpool's greatest legend ever, Steven Gerrard, came on against Man United <laughs> at like fifty nine minutes, entered the field, played one minute, got a red card, was sent off. So, 
it happens to it can happen to any player the greatest of the greats and the not so greats even listen i don't hold him at fault for it i've seen what happened so i i have no issues with it jaka is i like him he's a good player we also have bokayo saka saka is <laughs> awesome he's such the a best good player. player in england it's <laughs> such a good play, Thomas Party. I hope he doesn't get poached to to one of the, the other clubs because I feel like, like Saka has a he has a very good chance of developing into an extremely good player playing in in the front line of Arsenal. And he will get spot, a chance to play as well. The team is so young that he'll get chance to play alongside Smith Rowe. I really like what Arteta yeah. did. I really, really, really yeah. like what Arteta did. Um, when he saw that like Arsenal was out of all the cups and the the previous season wasn't going well. And he stripped all the extra players and he let the, the core group finish the season out and then strengthen that core group um, in the next season, in the next window, quickly buying a yeah. few very clever signings. Arteta has done a great job at Arsenal. And, and this, season is, this season is evidence. Like Arteta is going to very likely win the Premier League with this Arsenal squad and then set himself up next season to be able to, firstly, compete for new yeah. transfers and players, secondly, compete in the Premier League for a, for a continued basis to be in yeah. the top four constantly. So I, I see this is a very good moment for Arsenal and a very good chance for them to move forward. And I wish that Liverpool had taken the chance to do something similar in, on the back of last season when we had the back of the riding of you know champions league finals and and all of these things that that we could say like look we are competing on everything now it's much harder because this season is yeah. a bit of a hiccup season now we have to try and attract these big players and tell them like don't worry you're going to be part of the new liverpool that's going to be better instead of having a new liverpool to show people that is better and the best thing about us about uh michael teta is he used to play for Arsenal. He used to be captain of Arsenal. And this is his first managerial job. It's his first job. Well, he learned he learned from, from yeah. Pep, though. He was yeah. assistant to Pep. I know. He, he was assistant. But this is the first time where he's in the driver's seat, you know? He doesn't have... Yeah, yeah. But he learned, he learned from one of the best in the game. Like, yeah. you, you can fault City for all of the yeah. FFP nonsense, but Pep is still, like an amazing manager like you can't take that away from him ever and arteta learned from literally <laughs> one of the most one of the best that's still alive yeah ever. L listen i'm not saying that he's a bad manager okay i'm just saying that it's still it's still astounding that this is his first like job as um a, a manager yeah. and he's yeah. doing well he's doing I really like the well younger players. i mean look at players look at look at like uh gerard and frank yeah. lampard both didn't have as successful runs um, in their stints in yeah. the Premier League. Both struggled. Yeah. Well, Arsenal also struggled. Last season, they, the whole season was essentially a struggle. You, you, you get a step, you have a couple yeah. of steps forward, and then seven steps back. And then you have a couple of more steps forward, and then seven steps back. But as you said, Arteta was like, this is the process. This is what we need to do. We take these group of dudes, and then we just we build the team around them. And I, I just, it, it makes me, it makes me so happy to be supporting an Arsenal team that is rated so well. It's, oh, it's been so long, dude. Like, it's been so long. <laughs> there are times. I also feel like there's, sorry to interrupt there, but I feel like there's also this feeling of like almost mutual respect between a lot of the, the, the bigger clubs yeah. at the moment. Instead of like where 
I don't know, maybe it's because I've gotten older, but there doesn't seem to be sort of that sort of straight up uh, direct rivalry yeah. anymore. It's more in the sense of like, yeah, they're doing well. They're not like, like when we're competing, sure, yes, I want us to win and not them. But when we're not competing, you know, you're sort of happy for the other squad, for the yeah. other teams. I mean, last week I went to watch a live game at a stadium and it was, it was great. Um, and afterwards I went to a bar and I was drinking with a couple of dudes. And this one guy was a full Liverpool supporter. And he was, we were watching the Liverpool game in the bar and he was very, very happy. Um, what, what, what was the end of that game? Things got a bit hazy. Um. Uh, Oh, no, no, no. It was, it was, it was. That's the 5-2. It was uh, not a good no, game. No, no, no. It wasn't a 5-2 game. It was a Premier League game. Uh, Bournemouth? Oh, that, that, that was yeah, us against so Bournemouth. Bournemouth yeah, so it was the Bournemouth game. 1-0. 1-0 loss. And the guy so. was like, he was very dejected. And I was like, dude, it's fine. And he's like, yeah, I know it. I know it's, it's fine. I'm like, yeah, but don't worry. I'm here with you. You're going to be partying with me. And I was wearing an Arsenal shirt because I went to watch a football game. I went to wear an Arsenal shirt. And he was like, your team's doing very good this season. I'm like, yes, dude. <laughs> so I have to spread that love around. I remember times where I was feeling really sad about Arsenal playing in certain places. And there would be a dude who'd be like, yo, your team's doing pretty crappy now. You want to go have a beer and watch another game play or watch another team play? And I'm like, yeah, let's go watch another team play. And then you watch and you support the game and you just build that kind of camaraderie. But that straight up that straight up hatred for someone else or another person based on their team is not something that I come across anymore. And like I feel the same way when like I talk about um Tottenham Hotspurs. Even though I hate Tottenham Hotspurs, I I hate them just because they are Tottenham Hotspurs. I you recognize certain things. Like someone would tell me, yo, Tot Tottenham's been pretty bad. And I'm like, not Son. Son is amazing. I love that guy. He's just a great guy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Son, Son, Son's only fault, the only fault that Son has is that he yeah. plays for Hotspur. Great player. You know, great <laughs> player. But... <laughs> amazing, human, amazing human being, great footballer. <laughs> But he yeah, plays it's like, Spurs. come on, man. Why did you make better choices in life? You know, you you had all these chances to be a better person. <laughs> exactly. He could have been at Liverpool. He could he be could playing, have been for playing for Arsenal, man. Your Arsenal would have wrecked with him. <laughs> he would have been our, our next Santi Gazzola. <laughs> like, Santi leaves and then he so... comes in and he's like, I'm new Santi. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess. Um, so we've... We could probably go on indefinitely uh, on like, you know, football in general and memories from our teams, things like that. And, you know, given how, how big football is uh, in general and as a, a sport and the worldwide recognition that the Premier League and the clubs have, there's obviously been massive, massive media and a massive, massive media machine that's been created from sports and sports spin-offs and sports betting and all these things from all the various leagues and teams there's like movies out there since you know the early 2000s things like you know bend it like beckham mean machine goal she's the man kicking and screaming even documentaries about certain teams and players like messi pele maradona the the all or nothing series the the sutherland stuff uh, or, uh, sunderland stuff sorry 
Um, Sutherland is a, a place in South Africa and not a football team. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, there's even like shows that follow like behind the scenes of players and uh, every club, like big club has like their like uh, Arsenal TV or LFC Extra or all these extra things. So there's just so much football related media um is there anything that jumps out for you well, uh, of course all or nothing arsenal jumps out for me <laughs> it came out last year it follows the last uh, season of arsenal and uh the season where i said everything was there we could have made it to the champions league but we didn't and it covered everything that happened in the background of well in the back and the back room so you saw how arteta actually coached these guys and watching that i was like yo arteta I I I forgot that you were this intense, and I I love it. It's a good show. Um, and another one that I want to uh mention is that All or Nothing Germany is coming out this year. So they're following the German um squad during the World Cup. So their whole run, yeah. Oh, hectic! I didn't even know that. Of the World Cup. That sounds I awesome. I love Germany. It's a good place. I love that. I love that team. That that team was so good. Yeah. That German team with Philipp Laum and, and Tony Müller. Or is it Tony Müller? Uh, anyway, yeah, Müller, yeah. Thomas all of them. There was <laughs> Thomas Müller. Thomas Müller, yeah. Tony Cruz is the one <laughs> I'm thinking of. Yeah. Thomas Müller. Yeah. I remember Daniel. Daniel yeah. gets so angry at Thomas Müller because he always has his socks down. So he doesn't wear shirt pants. And Daniel just gets <laughs> like unnecessarily angry at Thomas Muller whenever he sees the socks down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't know about that, but yeah, sorry for Daniel. <laughs> um, and then like, yeah, um, we both have watched recently, uh, you know, Ted Lasso, Ooh. which I wanted to briefly talk about sort of at the end, cause I've sort of run through most of the, the talking points I wanted to already. Um, but Ted Lasso is a very cool series that I thoroughly enjoy as a football fan, despite the sort of Americanization and the American human that has gone into it. Um, it's a good show. And Phil, you've watched the, the first episode of season three. Um, what Dude, do you think of it? Ted Lasso is just wholesome. It's wholesome. I, I, oh, it's amazing. I watched the first episode of the new season. I'm not going to spoil anyone it for anyone, but it continues exactly what you expect from the show. There's no drop off in um, the quality of the show. They continue in their um, their run, and it's oh, it's so awesome. It's a story about adults, adults dealing with shit and dealing with their um, football team and dealing with um, how they they get to the stage where they could get re um, not be relegated or be promoted um, into the Premier League. And you can see that they they are using the rights that they have acquired last season to show a couple new um, teams in the, in the game. And I love it. Um, it's also in FIFA. So Richmond is in FIFA as well. You can play as Roy Kent. <laughs> you can run around as Roy Kent. You can beat Ted Lasso. This is fantastic. <laughs> and it's, this is fan this and is fantastic. it's just so wholesome. I'm going to say wholesome a couple more times. Wholesome, wholesome, wholesome. Uh, because it's one of those shows you can sit down with, 
with the family members, with a friend, and you you don't lose anything from watching it. It teaches them a little bit about the game, but the main character in the show is Ted Lasso. And I, I would love to talk about this in depth, uh, but that's going to be another seven hours because it's such a good show. Great show. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, that's basically, I think, all I have. I also love Ted Lasso. I think it's a great show. I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I'm looking forward to watching the new episode as soon as I can mm-hmm. and the new season as well. Um, Before we finish, I just have to say, football has also given me one of the best dates I've ever had. There was one day where I managed to convince a, go- a girlfriend that I have to go watch Champions League and it was on a Wednesday and we, we were like, oh, we're going to try and have a, a date night every Wednesday. And I went, listen, please let me go watch this Champions League game. So I went to the get, to the pub with her um, and beforehand, I think we had we had a dinner and then after the dinner, we went to the pub and Lawrence met me there. He was like, dude, how'd you make this happen? I was like, yeah, we're going to watch this game. And that game was a Champions League game where Danny Welbeck scored four goals while I was watching it. And I was like, Danny Welbeck scored four goals. I'm so happy. <laughs> One of the best dates I've ever had. Thanks to football. It permeated my entire life. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That was a great story. You see, see everyone, see everyone. Football changes lives. <laughs> Football is life. <laughs> that is true. Danny has it right. So, um, I think that's everything. Thank you very much, everyone who's been listening so far to us rant about football. I know it's again another one that's all over the place. Um, thank you for listening so far. Check out our stream and. Yeah, check us out on Podbean. The link is always in the description. If you want to leave us a comment or interact with us, we really appreciate it. Um, Have a fucking awesome week, guys. Cheers. Farewell.